to Volume 9 of Comedy Album Book Club, which is, of course, the monthly live podcast show where we listen to an influential comedy album and then talk about it with comedians and comedy fans. Uh, before listening further, please listen to Bill Hicks's album, Arizona Bay, as we have just done here at the Social Capital Theater in Toronto. Uh, Bill Hicks was born in 1961. He started performing as a teenager, and by the age of 25, was using LSD, marijuana, and mushrooms regularly, depleting his finances. Uh, however, uh, in 1987, uh, he sort of had a break when he was on a Young Comedian special uh, put on by Rodney Dangerfield, and he started to get uh, well-known after that. Uh, known for controversial, philosophical, as well as surreal and psychedelic material, uh, laced with shouting and uh, a nihilistic <laughs> view on uh, society. His brand was very different from other comedians of the day. Uh, Bill Hicks died of pancreatic cancer in 1994 at the age of 32. Very young. Uh, Arizona Bay is his third album, released in 1997, three years after his death. And like some of his other albums, it's unique in that it features background music written and performed by Hicks himself. We'll talk a little bit about that a little later on. Uh, my first guest uh, tonight... Uh, Friend, both these guys have been uh, friends of mine for a long time. Uh, they were together in a sketch troupe called Press Release, which was then renamed Press Release Repeat for unknown reasons. Wow. Uh, and uh, <laughs> so my first guest who chose the album tonight, uh, he is host of the 10-Minute Talk Show, which I have been on, and it's a blast. Uh, he's an actor, a warm-up guy, comedian, and an eco-activist. Uh, please welcome my good friend and yours, Derek Forge. Feels nice. How are you, buddy? I'm really good, man. Yeah, good. Tell us a little bit about the eco uh, activism. Yeah, oh, eco sure. allies. I think. Is yeah, I do these presentations in high schools where I uh, go in, and oftentimes they assemble like the biggest eco nerds in the school, and I mean that affectionately because I am one. Uh, and they basically, uh, I have an hour to. F- try and figure out what their eco-focus is. You know, like a lot of people in like grade seven and up and in high school, they're like, I want to stop climate change. I want to do something good for the environment. But it's like, well, now what? So I give them a list and I sort of streamline. now what? Has that been been fixed? No, yeah. yeah. Climate change is canceled. Did you guys not know that? Canceled? Good good for us. Yeah. We really buried the headline on that, didn't we? (laughs) (laughs) So they want to do something, but it's like, what? What can I even do? They think Mm -hmm. about polar ice caps melting and it's like, I have no idea how to fix that. So it's just like, let's just focus on one thing and forget the rest. So we just basically mm. streamline the focus and we get uh, projects up off the ground and, and I help them get there. Cool. Kind of it can yeah. be very overwhelming, right? Yeah, think, exactly. Well, one person can't fix the whole earth, but uh, yeah, there exactly. are little things we all can do. To, to and help. I tell them that too. It's like you on your own as one student in this gymnasium is not going to stop climate change, but you can just focus on one thing and take a chip out of the big wall of climate right. change. So I do that and it's a lot of fun. I love it. Cool, man. Yeah. Good for you. Awesome. And the 10 minute talk show. 10 minute talk show is exactly uh, what it sounds like. Seems self explanatory. It is a yeah. t- talk show that is 10 minutes in length. Yeah. There's your elevator pitch. <laughs> That's yeah. really it. Uh, one guest, one joke, uh, no commercial breaks, one take all the way through. And uh, it's a, everything you'd have in a talk show just really sort of shrunk down. It's, I, I think it's I think it's Canada's only late night talk show. Is that possible? It, it, it is like, possible. I think it might be. I mean, yeah. I think that I'm yeah. going to go with that. I'm going to say yes because I don't, I, until somebody sends me hatred on the internet. But I'm pretty sure we're the only one. I can think of. That's amazing. I love doing it. I feel like you need to come up with a more succinct way to describe it because it shouldn't be, the description shouldn't be 20% as long as an actual episode of the show. 
you're not wrong. <laughs> I did say smaller, it's a right? talk show the 10 minutes in length. That was really, and then I gave you more. Yeah, I didn't I gave it. you too much. You're right. Yeah, I'm going to shrink it down. You're not wrong. Too much uh, for you. This is one of the reasons why you're one of my favorite guests, because you do not, uh, you don't pull punches, and I respect that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad, because today I'm not the guest. No, you're the tables awesome. have turned. Oh, literally. He has a table. We don't have yeah, tables. No, no, table we don't have tables at all. It's a, it's a power move. Yeah, I get it. It's a, a Jack power. Donaghy power move. You're, right. You have a table. We have none. <laughs> I get it. It's a shadow totalitarian government president. <laughs> and all of Bill Hicks's. That's look right. the other way, and I'll get your tables out from under you. Just found uh, a lime. That other voice you uh, hear, ladies and gentlemen, is uh, my other uh, friend, uh, actor, comedian. Jason has uh, two friends. <laughs> two friends, yeah. My other of, of all the friends. We're both here. Uh, please welcome Adam Kenneth Wilson. Ooh, the Kenneth. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he even right, threw the thanks, Kenneth in. Thanks. He, he did throw the Kenneth in. I'm grateful for that. Yeah. Thank you very name, much yeah. for getting all of you me betcha. here, named <laughs> and otherwise. <laughs> That's been the easiest part of this, I think, is to read the name that someone else wrote down for me to say. Mm. Uh, so, uh, and you... You've been in lots of things over the years. I, I have been in some stuff. Uh, yeah. As you so graciously pointed out, I'd done some sketch with Derek back yeah. in the day here. And that yeah. is how I met you while you were doing sketch That's with right. the yeah. Radio yeah. Vault Radio program. Yeah. And I really enjoyed those shows. Years ago, so. And I wow. think somewhere into the middle of Derek's work and, and my work together, you had invited me into one of your Radio Vault sessions yeah. where I had a beautiful time working with you. And uh, cool. that's where I found out all about your uh, voice career and all of the yeah. work that you're doing there. And, uh, and just recently, you and I have sort of dovetailed in that mm-hmm. respect. Uh, Adam also uh, is a dialect coach. And you were saying to me that almost it's very rare that you get to perform your own accent. It's actually. true. It's true. I very rarely perform as me. It's a real novelty when I get to sound like myself. And then I think, oh, God, I sound weird. I don't, I don't like this. I don't like the lack of artifice. I'm so naked. So tell us about some of the accents you've uh, you've done on film. Or oh, do your, per- do your Perry sound. It's really good. Oh, Perry sound. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, oh, I seen them guys coming down there with the... Uh, I mean, it's close. See, I told it's you. Close. <laughs> it's close. It's close. Uh, so I've had to do quite a few uh, UK accents. I've done your London accents. Northern English stuff. I've been Irish for television and for theater. Uh, Southern U.S., uh, Brooklyn. I'm not going to run through them all and do them actively. Uh, but, oh, how uh, cool would that be? I was though, hoping you were going to uh, do that. I can do Brooklyn and British. And, uh, like, there good, are days. Really turn us to a one-man show. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. I have some characters in my neighborhood. <laughs> you know, this reminds me of a story my Nona told me from the old country. <laughs> I thought that's what you were leading him into. No, just I didn't outside the fringe tent, just a waving and a shrieking <laughs> with my flyers, Lord. Uh, my grandmother, boy. Boy, she had some good advice. Yeah. She sounded something like this. No, we're not doing we that. We don't have time no. for that. We, uh, we do well, not. <laughs> welcome, fellas. Mm. Uh, thanks for that. So far, it's been great. Uh, <laughs> that sounded weirdly That's condescending. Dis- like, we'll see how you do in the next couple of minutes. Here, so boys. far, it's been oh, it's been great. It's the table, guys. It's seven it minutes. Something in. to me. I apologize. <laughs> uh, You've changed, man. <laughs> oh. Ever since we got you that small table that's, that's slightly right. bigger than a plate. Give a man a table. You turned into a fucking mess of arrogance. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Uh, that's going to be my album title. Mass, mass of, mass of, of Jason Glide. Mass, mess of arrogance. Various. Yeah, I like that. Uh, so, Derek, uh, this yes. is uh, Hicks's third album. Mm. Uh, why'd you choose it? Uh, I like it. Fair. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> this is the shortest podcast. Uh, I, I thought, I, maybe I'm wrong, I thought it was his most recognized work. I thought it was the one that people knew the most. Maybe I'm wrong. Well, a lot of the work on it is certainly among his most recognized I think work. so, yeah. You, you, yeah. you can identify some of those snips from previous albums right. and or stand-up. Sure. I was trying to get your numbers up, man. 
I was trying to, I was like, oh, everybody knows this album, right? I guess they really don't, but I just thought, oh, of Hicks's albums, I thought that was the one that was most recognizable. It might be. I, I mean, there were several released uh, posthumously, and I think this may be the first one. You know what? I also like the title. I think the, the just the just the words Arizona Bay are evocative because yeah. it, it just it, that idea of Arizona Bay existing, like the right. water being there. It's it's ominous and it's kind of yeah, it's evocative kind of thing. I okay, I like it. I like the music. I also think that's a good discussion point because you two yeah. are cringing okay, every go. time the tunes came on. <laughs> and I, I was just like grooving. Yeah, I have got to take back. I, I said <laughs> earlier. I said that this was uh, among my least favorite hicks for that reason mm. because I found the music to be like a hold button or a pause button and the, the interstitials kind of yanked me out of his flow or his yes. momentum yeah. but uh, during the sequence where they're talking about the death of the Republican elephant yeah. uh, and that's all over the underscored sort of tribality of the music you really feel a call to arms and I think mm. at this point in his career he was as much about trying to inspire us to make people laugh and I really think that was the war cry the challenge that so I, I did f- I connected with yeah. that piece of music right after I whined mm. to Derek about choosing the one yes the agreed and I also feel like Bill Hicks is like a photo negative of Jan Arden uh, let me ex- oh, wow. this will take let me explain. Uh, so you know, here's agreed. Here. Move on. Uh, <laughs> that's uh, it. Yeah, we all feel that. No, that's it. I'm not Obvious. explaining that. That's Done. pretty clear, right? You were all. Th- <laughs> I just say what people are thinking. Uh, so anyway, like Jan Arden is a musician, but she can land a joke. She's funny. Yeah, she is, you know, like yeah. she's her her focus is music, but she if you, in between songs she can like say something funny. Whereas uh, Bill Hicks is a comedian, but he can also noodle on a guitar. No, right. no problem. He's not a musician. Right. Like he's not putting an album out. Right. Just like uh, Jan Arden's not doing an HBO special, but she can dabble in that. And th- is that making sense? I watch sense? that. I watch like, it. Like yeah, really, I mean, HBO. I feel like when I listen to the Bill Hicks music, it feels like a couple uncles in a garage who are just like, "Hey man, right. let's just tune our guitars and fuck around." That's what it feels like. It's not great yeah. music, but it does understand score something i think it does add a bit of an energy and also bill uh, bill's pacing he really takes his time he leads up he has there's a lot of really great pauses in there at, at some points and then he just ramps it up and then does, does it like all that stuff is really fun so i just like there's and sometimes you forget the score is there which i like uh and sometimes it goes on a little long but i do dig it and i also think it's good to just mess around with the field uh the field uh the the genre once in a while the format of just yeah just fuck with it like uh tom henry has an album right now tom henry kills is a really great album and he has some some just some uh, like some jazz snare in it and right. it really adds a nice flavor to it you know uh dimitri martin has music in his and i think that works too uh, like just just fuck with the bo genre man is huge now the burnham kid he's, there you he's go big. Bo, bo burnham is one that's right. true but it's like uh and our friend sandra sandra battaglini is trying to like get the world to take stand up more seriously right and even though I don't think stand-up needs it to be considered a, a proper art form, I think it's going to help the stuffy people who make those decisions go, oh, interesting, there's a cello in there. Maybe this is an art form after all. <laughs> you know, so maybe I'm getting political. I don't know. I just, I dig it. It's something different. It's something fun. And I make no excuses. <laughs> so so uh, fledgling uh, comedians out there, uh, throw a cello on the Throw album. a cello. That's, uh, that's the way to get funded. <laughs> oboe, if, if one's not available. Maybe an oboe. Cello's sure. not to lug around. Or you just say cello, like that uh, that Who song. I love that. Where um, A quick one while he's away. There's a part in it where they wanted to have a cello solo. Oh, and they were yeah. denied by the record company the money to hire. I think they wanted like 100 celloists. So in that's that part of the song, they just go cello, 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 cello. It's sort of a, oh, that's a sort good, of a, that's a, good know, one. a middle finger to the. <laughs> but they did get the cello in Baba O'Reilly, right? Well, yeah. Well, everybody realized well we can't have them say cello anymore. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, yeah, we have well, to spring for the cello. We get a higher one. Well, can we rent one of those? That, that'd improve an album for me. I feel like I'd be more into it if someone was repeating cello. I love that part than of that song. It's cello. so funny. It's <laughs> Try, maybe next time, if any of us ever record an album, just get us to, one of us to say cello, cello through the whole thing. 
Yeah, don't, let's not do that. Don't. Right. Well, so, so that actually uh, touches on how I feel about the music yes. in this album. How do you feel? Uh, I feel like it's a crutch. Oh, um, okay. It's interesting to me, Adam, that you, you mentioned that the elephant one and how that helps with the call to arms and stuff. And But it makes me wonder, did the material not do that on its own? Uh, right. Because all this stuff happened in post. It's not like he has right. a guitar on stage and this was all part of the plan. Yeah. Uh, I was talking to our producer, Matt, about it earlier. And, uh, you know, you can hide a lot of edits uh, in with music. Right. And um, he was saying that uh, he edits some of his jokes uh, and you don't you don't hear it quite as easily when you've got music underneath because it sounds of the right. same uh, piece. Uh, but that's a really weird thing to me. The idea of editing a joke on an album like it seems there's a dishonesty to it to me. I okay. mean, cutting out bits and stuff. Sure. But like there, there's there's a part there where he says, you know, Officer Coon and then it goes Coon. coon yeah. Yeah, coon, yeah. It's coon. an echo. Yeah. yeah. You don't hear the next part after that. And it's, right. It feels artificial to me. Well, it's here's right. how we know it's the same night. We know it's the same night that album is from one evening because of that <laughs> freaking woman. cackling woman yeah. into the whole album. <laughs> that woman is through the whole thing. And it's, it's especially later on when we when we when we get into the the the, the extra track, the yeah. uh, the. Charlie Hodge, everybody. Charlie Hodge. Oh, yes. The oh, thing the, with Elvis yeah, Presley. Elvis that woman, I don't know if she's just been drinking more, but right. you can really hear her in that track. Like yeah. the, the album kind of wraps up, and then he, has, he comes back on for the encore, yeah. and she is just losing her mind. And it's, I, I hope I'm not ruining the album for you, because you can't get it out of your head. Once you hear her... <laughs> Once you have it, you won't be able to, to escape. It won't escape you, just like you heard just now. But yeah. my rendition of that laugh is not much of an exaggeration. No, and I know from you're what's not a, a fan of, uh, of women expressing their enjoyment audibly. Uh, <laughs> yeah. and, and, you know, he would have been right at home in the mid-90s. I, I totally get it. Derek, shut up. I'm a misogynist porgy. That's his, that's his handle. He yes. goes by. Yeah. If you know me, like you, you, said, he makes no you know I'm yeah. against women laughter. <laughs> yeah. I'm taking a hard stance against women expressing themselves. Uh, this might be a good time to mention that Derek Forgey is not a tall man, and he will rage against uh, women at any... <laughs> he blames his mom for that. Derek we Forgey. get to None. make these allegations because uh, I know no my, one less ragey. My mother is 5'4'10". Uh, my dad is five four ten. <laughs> yes, uh, I'm just I'm just using, I'm, I, I'm just addressing my uh, my uh, yeah. truck driver buddies. No, uh, <laughs> no, she is four. She is four ten. <laughs> Does that mean uh, you don't understand? <laughs> No, five four ten, geez. good buddy. Oh, sorry. Let my, me explain that again. Oh, that's a ten. Four. My mother is four foot ten, motherfuckers, <laughs> and uh, my dad is five four. My biological father is five four. I'm a miracle of height at five five. So <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Why don't you? Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. basically you add. Thank the you heights. for uh, thank you for applauding condescendingly. <laughs> I think that's how the math works. You add your father's height to your mom's height, and that's how tall you'll be. <laughs> I'm not sure that math checks out. I'm not sure that math adds up. Yeah, we'll figure yeah. that out in post. Uh, be bragging about being 5'5". Five five. Yeah. Anyway, you were, you were going to say something. Oh, was I? Yes. Uh, okay, it's on me. Uh, table guy now. Uh, so, so, yeah, so you, you said about how you like the music. And, I do like uh, it, yeah. Adam, I don't believe you've totally come around. I didn't okay. at first, but I okay. like it now. Yeah. Music, the music. All yeah. right. Bill Hicks has always been identified uh, since the earliest moments that he began to rise to prominence as the rebel rock star comic, right? right. right. I'm a rock star. I'm a little fucking poet tonight. I'm a little fucking yes. poet, as yeah. Bill would, you know, and, and he has had, I'm so sorry, had this longstanding relationship with rock. Mm -hmm. You know, he toured with Tool. Yeah, right. um, over for Tool. Yeah. And I believe when he first started touring with Kinnison, there was a heavy rock uh, crossover yeah. with that as well. Right. They might have even opened for the crew. I think they might have done a Motley crew. Oh, really? Um, but wow. but 
when you put Kinnison did for sure. Kinnison, he was on a row with crew okay, for sure. So either Hicks, I don't either know, Hicks but Kinnison with for Kinnison sure. right after he came off the crew mm. tour, but it's real close. I don't know. Yeah, it's yeah. Real close. I don't know. Man, I miss those days. Wouldn't it be cool to see an awesome rock show and have a killer? Yeah, it should open happen more it? often. You're right. Yeah. Well, and Tool after he had toured with them, Tool like wrote music in his honor and stuff. Yeah, and put some of his stuff yeah. on their album covers. Uh, and Anemia, yeah, right? You'll Anemia? see that filtered in. Yeah. But I also like when you have this kind of music that is present on this album that feels a little bit like on hold music, a little bit like elevator music. It does feel. Like yeah, that. Um, I don't know about you, but when your call is important to <laughs> us. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> the, the tyrannical overlords will manipulate your behavior shortly. Yeah, it does feel like that. Yeah. Uh, have a fucking smoke, and uh, we'll be back. Um, but but when you have this music in, in the way that it's in, um, I don't know about you guys, but when you're watch when you're listening to a recording of someone who you have seen perform live a lot, and you're really familiar with their mannerisms, mm-hmm. the music as it is placed on this album denies me the opportunity to mentally watch Bill stop uh. and take that breath and run his hand through his hair and adjust his sunglasses, yeah. lower his head a little and launch into the next bit. Okay. Yeah. I feel like the music sort of pulls you out of that. Fair enough. Yeah, it produces okay. it in a, in a way. Like, it, it feels overproduced to me. It, it feels so unnecessary. Mm. And I feel like we're trying to listen to two different things that don't coalesce, in my opinion. Okay. Uh, like, I don't know. I don't know what kind of music would fit. Probably harder rock music or something that would be even more distracting. Yeah, like, maybe. Uh, yeah, it's, it, it, it's so peaceful, all of his music. Uh, and his comedy isn't. Yeah, right. And, no, that's true. You know, maybe that's part of the point. Well, we, were, we were talking about Patton Oswalt and how Patton Oswalt has this bit where he talks about how he, he can't stand uh, comics that talk about, like, oh, man, you better strap in because stand back. <laughs> yeah, right. Here comes my ass-kicking comedy. Right. And then they're like, hey, airblind peanuts. And I'm like, really? Fuck off. You know, like, like, yeah. like he can't stand that. And, he, and right. I agree with that. So I guess that's why, because Hicks has an arrogance to him. Let's be real. Yeah, he is smug. Absolutely. He is righteous. But he backs it up you know and and i a lot of people shit on dane cook for this a lot of people get on dane cook's case for this i don't get on dane cook's for the case for this but dane cook has that like i'm gonna fuck shit up and i'm gonna tear this place down then he's like ever notice how bathrooms are wet and i'm like really that's your material like and again that has a place right that has a place one of the most successful comedians he is absolutely is but i have a problem with the bravado of like puffing your chest and then just going, you ever notice that women put their shoes in a circle? I'm like, fuck off. Come on. Like, again, I have no problem right. with his comedy. I have a problem right. with the bravado, right? Like, but, he's basically in the same. Consistent. Hicks he's, is more he, like, he's going to tear shit up. He's actually going to, he's going to take the president down a peg. He's going to talk about things that we should be questioning. He's going to be talking about big things and he's going to ramp up to it. His energy is going to be good. He's going to, he's going to get to a climax and click, clack, pa pow. It's going to be strong. So he has earned that chest puffing. Does that make any sense? Sure. Yeah. Is that, is that, yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah. When you look at him in contrast, with other comics, you look at like uh, I guess the closest two parallels that you probably draw to Hicks would be um, Dennis Leary, and we might get into that. Oh, we're we gonna, will, we're gonna we get into sure. that. We will. Um, we Dennis so Leary, are. and of course Kinnison. You'll yes. hear him when he hits those rage spikes, or he for has sure. the outburst. Yeah, you can sure. hear <laughs> Kinnison in him. Rage spikes, by the way, uh, he also opened for. He's oh, another, another yep. touring with Tool. Rock, rage, spikes. rage spikes open for Tool, and then I think right. they quit. They disbanded, and, but uh, continue. Yeah. Four foot ten and misogynist rage all together. Tonight at Savage Garden, um, rage bags. All right, go on. But yeah, but you got those guys, and then you look at you look at Kinnison, and you look at uh, Leary, uh-huh. and both of them. Okay, Hicks was mad at the world. Mm. Right. Kinnison is mad at his world. Leary is mad at his world. Hicks mm. is mad at the world. Right. And there's such a profound difference. From yeah, me. you're right. You know, mm. there. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I wondered who was going to open the can with Leary. Well, it's funny. We'll get there. I'm glad you went there because uh, I was going to say that you were the person who introduced me to Bill Hicks, but in a weird way, it was Leary who was the first person who brought me into Hicks material because right. he kind of stole it. 
good. So, okay, so I heard, oh, that I was heard, the best I, Patton Oswalt he stole. It was. Ever a, so I just stole, ironically, I stole a line from Patton Oswalt. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> irony, full uh, circle. So, because uh, I heard Lock and Load and, and No Cure for Cancer yeah. first before yeah. I heard anything from Hicks, because you were the guy who introduced me to that. Oh, right. Didn't I say if you, you like Leary, uh, you'd li- you like Bill Hicks's material, you'd like it better when Hicks did it. Of course. Because I because I don't think those albums hold up as well as as uh, like I like them a lot more when they came out and they were a big like in the nineties I was a lot yeah. younger and uh, and so I enjoyed them but I listened to them recently I'm like mm, they're not as strong and then you hear Bill Hicks and you're like whoa yeah I see what's happening here uh, but uh, I I do want to play Devil's Advocate a bit because mm-hmm. I know Leary has gotten a lot of guff I yeah I used guff in context uh, <laughs> uh, for stealing stuff almost directly verbatim but yeah. it's definitely it's definitely more the mannerism. <laughs> All that stuff, like it's yeah, the yeah. run and it's the, and it's the stuff and it's right. the, and it's the switch, the hard turn and the yelling. That is, I think, a big more thievery than just like the Jim Fix joke and the right, other stuff. Right. I think that's the a smoking pers- material, the smoking, the unapologetic smoking. But the hard, the thing I have the hardest time with with Leary is not so much the Jim Fix joke, not so much the mannerisms, but it's actually the spirit of it. Mm. I find that's the bigger problem because if you're gonna, if you're gonna rip, if you're gonna rip off a guy. Uh, so blatantly, you better think the same way that he does, and you better be perpetuating what he has. Right. Let's go Lady Gaga Madonna for a second, shall we? Mm-hmm. Like uh, A lot of people say, oh, Lady Gaga is just ripping off Madonna, but really, Lady Gaga is the next next natural evolutionary step of what Madonna is. She picks up where Madonna maybe, say, left off, and I'm well aware that Madonna's still with us and still touring. I'm aware <laughs> of that, but I'm saying like, Lady Gaga Madonna. is like a fresher, almost like, you know what I mean? Like yeah, a fresher sure. version of what Madonna was doing, pushing the envelope, you know, uh, and all that stuff. Women, like, uh, uh, women empowerment, the whole thing. Right. Lady Gaga's that. Whereas I don't feel like Leary and Hicks are in the same place spiritually, if no. that makes any sense. Absolutely. You know what I'm getting out here? Absolutely. And that's the part that I'm most offended by. Well, how would you say uh, Kinnison fits into that? Uh, Kinnison is the same. He, uh, he same, like, I think, I, th- I feel like uh, Leary and Kinnison are closer, a cut, more cut from the same cloth really? than Hicks. Yeah, I really do think that. That's interesting. Feel, and I also feel like uh, some of Kinnison's stuff is less forgivable oh, yeah. uh, than Hicks and Leary's is. Like, yeah. you know, it, it, it's a little more misogynistic and a little more homophobic. Well, sure, I mean, and, yeah. Hicks was, well, even, even when Hicks occasionally would say things that were kind of homophobic, right? yes. it would, would be less uh, culturally sensitive from a perspective of diversity than right. he ought to be or have been at that time. Right. Kinnison, uh, you can yeah. salvage now so little of those albums <laughs> right. that you yeah. could listen to in good conscience. Yeah, right. Right. you're right. But I am glad that they work together enough for Hicks to osmose the needed rage that he got from Kinnison. That went right. Or act. give permission to and be, feel like it's all yeah. right to and, do that. It, it flourished in his presence, we'll say, growing right. in the same soil. So for me, I find... Leary the most listenable out of all three of them. Oh, interesting. Uh, okay. And I, I feel like he has, it might just be because I think his comedy is more accessible. Uh, mm. He doesn't have the long rage screams that right. Kinnison and Hicks do. And I find that interesting that you group Leary closer to Kinnison. I think yeah. Kinnison and Hicks are closer to each other and okay. yeah, Leary is sort of a different thing. Mm. Um, I find uh, Leary is better at bits uh, he has a story that has an end that is a punchline. It's got a point, and then he moves on. He seems like more of a classic comedian to me. Hmm. Um, He's but- safer, I find. Yeah, I find uh, safer, yeah. I guess that's fair. Yeah, um, he's he, he's 
got an angry persona, but it's about more accessible things that he's more angry yeah, about you, than he should be. As yeah, opposed you're not to these gonna guys hear, are about big things. You're right. You're not going to hear Bill Hicks do a bit about his kids putting a sandwich in a VCR. You know, right. <laughs> That's exactly. not going to happen, yeah. which Leary has done. Which I is think I see what you mean, though, that the Leary character almost acknowledges its own hubris in a way that Hicks was dead serious about yeah. his, right. I am your prophet fun. now. I don't, I don't think Hicks is much fun. I don't think he'd be fun to hang out with at a bar and chat. <laughs> I think I Leary think, would be. That is a very right. good and, uh, okay, and I yeah. think I like comedians that I think would be fun okay. to have a beer with. I oh, like, that's I interesting. Like that I, I'm going to agree with you on that. I th- I feel like yeah. I think sitting with Leary would be more fun. Uh, but I I I guess I feel like um, listen. I, I feel like listening to a Bill Hicks album. I, it's it. I'm fuller. Like I feel like I'm more mm. full. It's like a better meal. I that makes I would have felt that way. 15 years ago, if I'd hmm. entered into Hicks okay. earlier, I, I think his a lot of the premises that he brings up are easy to agree with. Right. But I don't think there's a lot of depth to them. Oh, I feel like he goes, yeah, how about the, you know, there was no Oswald wasn't even there. This is crazy. Nobody believes this stuff. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And then then he acts out stuff. like, Yeah, he should be. He'd be hanging from his toes and it could work. Blah, blah, blah. And, right. and people are laughing along with the examples, he says, but he doesn't really get deep into that we've been lied to by the government and what this controversy right, means. Right, right. It's it feels very surface level anger stuff to me. Like what about those chem- like it feels like he'd be talking about chemtrails. You know, there's stuff in those chemtrails, ridiculous. <laughs> Nothing to back that up except right, right, more right. anger and more examples okay. of things. Um it, yeah, it feels like uh to me it feels like uh, he he's an he wants to be an angry philosopher and doesn't quite to me, he doesn't work as a philosopher or a comedian. And oh, for wow. a lot of people, he works as a mixture of the two. Hmm. Okay, I think okay. he works as a philosopher and a comedian, but I also think that's very much based on when in my life I found him. Yes. The age you are at which you first hear Bill Hicks. I, right. You need to be just a boiling with angst, and you need to be yeah. so angry, and you need to be and so... And feel unheard, I think. Yeah, and feel a, a, like a, a, either a rejection of the system or a rejection by the system in order to go, yes, you are speaking for me, with me, to right. me. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, so like now... Partly, I listen to it and I go, oh, honey, it's a little loud. Can we turn it down? He just kind of, you know what I mean, though? Like, well, and right, also right, there's right. a million people saying this stuff now. Yeah. Uh, you know, That's true. Like there were not. That's no, true. In, there in weren't. the 90s, this was a new voice. Yeah. And people having the guts to say these things out loud that I think a lot of people were feeling and, and weren't sort of saying out loud to each other. You know, it was, it was topics yeah. that were taboo at the time. Yeah. And now we're – such a such fans of just truth yelled uh, loudly all the time right. that I don't think his voice would stand out anymore with the way the material's written now. I think he would have to work harder to make it uh, stand above other stuff. Well, I feel I feel like uh, Bill Hicks is kind of like uh, uh, for his time he was sort of like a, a Kurt Cobain of his time, meaning right. he gave other musicians the excuse to be a little gritty and like right, you don't sure. have to just talk about airline peanuts or oh cats are different than dogs and isn't it funny how black people drive or whatever you know, whatever, whatever nonsense was <laughs> who, happening. Who did that? <laughs> no, that was more of a Simpsons reference. Like black oh, people yeah. drive like this and white people drive like this. Like that's kind it's of what true, was happening in so the eighties. It's kind of like and from the eighties, right? He gave permission to go to open this whole other door, kick down the door and go, it's okay to yell at shit that you're upset about. Right. In the same way that Jimi Hendrix was like, dude, burn your fucking guitar. It's cool. It's all good. Sort of maybe you know the, I mean? the Lenny Bruce of his day, right? Yeah, kind of like, like that. I'm he not gave a huge excuse. fan of uh, Lenny Bruce listening to it now, but hmm. I realized, you know, he was arrested at so yeah. many of his shows for right. 
profanity. Uh, I don't even I, – I, like he was just swearing basically yeah, yeah. and they were arresting him for that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, same type of thing. He kicked down that door and I don't have to be a fan of Lenny Bruce, Lenny Bruce to appreciate uh, what he brought to the table. So I think that's sort of how I feel about Hicks. And I'll, I'll give you, you – both you guys were at my uh, 30 – when I turned 30 years old, I did a 30-minute stand-up set. Like I put all my bits together and I tried to make a really clean like stand-up special. Both you guys were there. You brought me out, which was wonderful. Is that the one where you ended uh, with the that was a, suit? That was a thing. Yeah. yeah, that was – we'll get to that too perhaps. We can talk nudity if you, you want. But before out. I get to that <laughs> – uh, it's a poor turn of phrase. Anyway, uh, uh, it, Bill Hicks was in my head for that. And let me tell you why. Because when I did that – when I was rehearsing that set – there's a bit in there, as you may remember, when I was I was talking about Canada's involvement in the Afghanistan war. And there's a good like six minutes where I'm pissed about something and I'm ramping up to a point. And it does get a laugh at the end, mm-hmm. but it takes a lot of table setting to get to the reason why I'm upset. And right, I question right. myself of like, is this even funny? Should I take it out? Is this a place for a comedy special? And Bill Hicks was in my head screaming like, he was doing his thing. And I'm like, fuck it. It stays in. You know, like, so, so he gave me the permission to go. It's cool. Give yourself the time. Give yourself the room to talk about something of some, of some sustenance, some substance, get there. If you have a point and if you're and if you're ramping up to something it's cool give the audience that give the audience more credit that's kind of how i feel so he's in my head it's tricky i feel like there is some kind of equation you can figure out with how long you can leave them hanging before they laugh again yeah um mike berbiglia is great with that kind of stuff yeah uh, just beautiful storytelling cohesive and you know makes you cry as much as he makes you laugh but he knows how to pepper Little jokes, you know, in in that storytelling, and the payoff is always huge. Yeah, um, yeah. No, you're right. And do you feel you feel. How do you feel? So how do you feel, Hicks? You feel like the punchline, also known as the part where he shouts, so you know when you're supposed to laugh. Mm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow! wow. <You> think, <laughs> Casting some shade. You think that uh, <laughs> it's 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 often a ramp up to sort of one. Yeah, it is. Reveal one, one <laughs> joke. Because really, I don't, uh, I actually really struggle with, like, if you watch Conan O'Brien's monologue, for example, and mm-hmm. he, he, Conan O'Brien's has, got, has gotten to this point where he has one sentence to set it up and one sentence for the punchline. That's yes. what his monologues are now. Yeah. And I'm struggling to write that kind of comedy. I, I'm trying because I have a 10 minute talk show. I don't have a lot of time. I got to get to the punchline quickly. Right. My stuff is scream of, <laughs> scream of consciousness. Scream See what you did? Now, de- now Deline's in my head. <laughs> Deline's in my head now where I, I, I just can't trim the words and I, and I have to ramp up to get to where I'm going. And I would, I would probably never do. I don't know. Well, I wouldn't say never, but I wouldn't feel as uh, comfortable uh, working on bits and working on on stuff if I didn't have that sort of Bill Hicks permission to take really? the time and talk about something a little heavier. Does that make any sense? Yeah, absolutely. I think I think that we always we always have a chain of people who sort of inspire the side of comedy or, or an appreciation for the, the bad behavior of comedy. Right. Whether it, yeah. whether you were started as a Bruce fan. For me, the analogy that I always carried in my head when I fell in love with Hicks was um, George Carlin is to Twisted Sisters, We're Not Gonna Take It, as Bill Hicks is to Rage's Fuck You, I Won't Do What You Tell Me. Mm. Mm. And they're both, they're both yes. from the same like nugget. They're right. both from the same idea of I, I'm in charge of me, not you. Right. You can't, you're not the boss of me is the but essential a tone. heart. Yeah. Um, it's the same material. But... And I sometimes hear bits of Carlin in Hicks when I re-listen to Hicks. But um, I, you know, I have yeah. to turn him down a lot lower now when I listen to right. him. Right. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah I, I feel like listening to this album, it feels like he saw Carlin and he was like, yeah. He gets it. 
Mm-hmm. And then he's like, I can do that. And then I'm like, eh, no, you can't. You can't do <laughs> <laughs> I, I appreciate Carlin's uh, specificity and intricacies uh, a lot. I, I'm a big fan of language and, and uh, seeing uh, the craftsmanship. Oh, of, yeah. Of Carlin is a craftsman like with that, a chisel right? and Hicks yeah. has a sledgehammer. There's no right. doubt about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's another great way. <laughs> he is Gallagher. No. No, hey now, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm going kidding. to need That's to, to take that back. Bill Hicks is the Gallagher. Be, I would love. To, I would, violence began. What time is it? What time is it? When did when did the it hurting is 9:53 start? 9:53 when uh, Adam lost his. I would love to. My alibi I would love to now. authentically get your get your get both of your position on this because I I'm not sure how I feel about this, but I want to get I want to get a vote on this. Okay, so every once in a while, Bill Hicks will set traps. In my opinion, he'll set these little mm. traps up. He did it when he, uh, we can talk about the infamous letter thing that didn't air but he did it probably more most perfectly in his uh letterman set that didn't air until like 20 years later he did this thing where he set up uh um the the billy has two mommies thing does this sound familiar he's talking about these brand new stories that we're explaining like people like same-sex marriage and same-sex couples okay and there's one book that's called uh, i think it was like billy has two daddies or something along those lines (laughs) and he does this thing where there's not a garnish of insincerity not a soup song of irony he he sends it so straightforward you heard me i'm sorry i I use the word soup song nor should you bring it again Uh, one more (laughs) he's a soup song of insincerity uh (laughs) a A scream of consciousness Sampling of no, uh, and he says I th- he says I think this book is sick and disgusting and evil. He he basically says that uh, telling kids that having two dads is okay is awful, and he sets this up. And there's actually some people in the audience who applaud that. Oh wow! They actually go yeah. yeah. And I think wild. he's setting them up because he's used to playing yeah. smaller clubs. He's like, okay, now I know more where my enemies are. That's because fun. with most comics when they're setting up something, there's a little bit of a wink and a little bit of a nod, like I'm being I'm being coy. But, but they mostly want everyone to like. They, but he sends that, and, and he's and the next line is, he he points out the hip the how hypocritical it is to be against two men being together, but thinking two women together is sexy. Like because yeah. he says, oh, two women together, that's totally cool. He yeah, points yeah. out how how yeah. how oh, hypocritical two that is. It's disgusting and it's violent. It's a it's an yeah. undermining of our civilization, and we're going straight to hell in a handbasket. And they're like some of the rednecks are like, yeah. And yeah. then he goes, Cheryl's two mommies. On the other hand, yeah, absolutely that's, love that's the book. Great. Much closer that's to the great. bit. Thank you, it's, Adam. I love. Uh, I'm <laughs> paraphrasing. I love that he gives them that safe. Very close. They feel safe there, right? And then because he Bill, Bill Hicks is accustomed to having like seventy people in a room. That's mostly his his legacy. So if he's and he's so in tune with the room right. that I feel like he's looking for those three assholes who are yeah. going to go, yeah, screw those yeah. those those and guys. And he's like, contact, oh really? Contact. And now he knows exactly where to send his rage later. It's like there yeah. he is, that fucking guy in the trucker hat. He I'm getting him later. It's a, it's a gutsy sets, move, man. He sets yeah. these traps up. Yeah, and he's done it a few times. He did it with that, and he does it with uh, a couple other things. But uh, but he he does it so straight laced. And so do you? think he's he actually believes these things or, or do you think they're traps like i do oh, man. what are your oh, thoughts i uh, think he was a lot more socially conscious than the time would give him credit uh, yeah. like i yeah i mean now uh if i were watching a, a comedy special if i were in a club just watching like someone do a fiver and mm-hmm. and a guy uses oh let's say pussy whipped right. i'm like and sure. good night i'm out you yeah. lost yeah. me i have right. no answer whatever you have to say now no thanks mm-hmm. yeah. uh but in that time and place, a lot of the material he was he was maybe more socially conscious than his time and place. Uh, and looking at him through our contemporary lens, yeah. it's you know you want to give him the benefit of the doubt. Had you been there with yeah, him, and, it's a yeah. hard thing to, especially as a performer, to be accessible to your audience but still try to blaze a trail. Mm-hmm. And uh, I I th- I think it's fascinating how willing he is to 
make himself look bad, hoping that the sort of giving the audience uh, the benefit of the doubt that they will get what he's doing. Right. Yeah. Um, you laughed at a point that I laughed at. Uh, it was in uh, Hooligans where they're talking, you know, <laughs> yeah. they're making fun of how British people talk. And, right, right. and in part of that, I was like, he's getting a lot of mileage just using terms we don't say over here and making fun right. of that. And that's kind of lame. But, and then at one point he <laughs> says, uh, Come on, why can't you speak English? Uh-huh. Which doesn't get there a laugh. I know. Crowd. That's so and that is, damn funny. That's a great joke. Yeah. And, and it, it makes him appear ignorant. That's right. But, you know, I think uh, he's yeah. a smart enough guy. Oh, yeah, he, for the, sure. The joke is that they invented English, you know, obviously. But he never he never goes back to that or underscores I like it. Nobody the word invented. No, today on stage, <laughs> someone invented English. Today on stage. <laughs> I got it. I picture people with beakers. Yeah, of just course. Like, mm. Most people you would see now <laughs> do that joke. A dangling modifier. <laughs> if you didn't grab that joke immediately, a comic who is uh, learned to speak English and the audience didn't get it right there, they go, no, huh? You didn't? Yeah. Like, that would happen. Right, you go, yeah. You wouldn't allow... You well, for various reasons, that's the sure. work to, to hang there in the air unrecognized. Yeah. he's yep. great at doing that. Which is basically being self-conscious. I yep. mean, you, he's great yeah. to move on and just but go. Yeah. That's fine. That's for me. I don't care. Yeah, yeah. like he With, just didn't give a shit. Saying it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I enjoyed that quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, so he. So he. So you're on my page. He does set traps. Okay. Good. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, I agree. And uh, right. you know, I'm I'm curious to to know what the man himself was like. I mean, yeah. is this his, this feels like an outlet for him. It feels so sincere to me, so yeah. much of it. I'm so glad you brought that up because I, I actually was curious about it because we don't know him. We've never met him. I mean, right. we've never spent, we never st- shared stage time with him, but uh, like Dennis Leary and even David Cross and a few other people have been accused mm. of taking some of his stuff. Mm, and right. I just want to play devil's advocate for a second. Just what if, because if these guys knew him and if they like were in the clubs with them, like I know uh, Leary knew him at, at some yeah, point, they, yeah. they, they, they did shows together. They work together. So I feel like those guys knew him. And if we know him, like the, just the tip of the iceberg, we're pretty aware that he was never going to take like a fucking sitcom on CBS. Like he sure. was never going to be the, he was never going to be like the surly malt shop owner like on Step by way. Step. Like he was never going to be, he was never going to take no, that gig. That bit with you the know? orange drink. They want him to sell the orange drink. Orange right? drink. Thank you. That's yeah. exactly right. He's never going to be the spokesperson for orange drink. No. So what if, and this is a big what if, what if these guys were so in tune with what he wouldn't do and where he wasn't going to go, oh. they were like, you know what? These, I'm Dennis Leary. I'm going to do a fucking sitcom. I'm David Cross. I'm going to do Men in Black too. So let's just get some of his stuff out of the fucking dust right. and put it on stage Make because he's, right. he's never going to get an, a right. sitcom gig. He's never going to have an HBO special because he, yeah. uh, and, and, he, and we know this. What if we had a had a understanding that we get his shit out of the clubs and put it on TV. Is that possible? Am I dreaming? Possible. I don't is know it, if am it's, I being Pollyanna you know, here. I don't think anyone will ever admit <laughs> it to being that conscious a thought. But uh, I don't know. You know, yeah, that's interesting. I just want to. I want to believe that. You know, like yeah. I want to believe that those guys are looking at him because I think of like uh, Doug Stanhope too. Right. Like Doug Stanhope is 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 well aware that he's probably never going to be right. Ray Romano. He's yeah. never going to be hosting right. SNL, and so uh, so you're going to you know, steal his material. So I'm going to take his stuff. No, <laughs> well, see, now <laughs> you sound like Carlos Mencia, man. I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure. No, don't write any of that down. No, never I'm let not, any of that be used I'm not against doing you in a court of law. It's been recorded now forever. Anyway, because, <laughs> yeah, no, yes, it's, it, yes, it's immortalized. 
Yeah. I don't know. That's a, maybe that's naive, but it just. No, I think that's interesting. And like, but are you saying it sounds like you're trying to say it's from a place of respect? Yeah, it's. It, I feel like it could be coming from a place you're, of respect. You're like, like we like this just, guy. He, it's never going to go anywhere beyond what he's done. So maybe let's keep sharing it with the world. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know because I, I know, know I know that uh, things were tense with with Leary and Hicks for yeah. a while. Like uh, he was quoted in an interview. The thing he said. Uh, they asked him why did you quit smoking, uh-huh. and he said, "Oh, I, I just want. I want to see if Leary would quit." Uh. It's like, oh, <laughs> yeah. damn. Shit, son. I, uh, I actually yeah, love the quote from him burn. where he said, uh, <laughs> "I, um, yeah, I stole, I stole all of Leary's material, um, but I uh, camouflaged it by adding punchlines and releasing it before he did it." Yeah. <laughs> so good. Oh that's so man, good. that's 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 going off the trail. When you're gonna steal vera. material, it's an aloe vera so for that burn. <laughs> Prior yeah. timeline is the way to steal material. Yeah, that's Absolutely. like that's me in the sun for eight minutes. Burn. That's what that is. That's a ginger mm-hmm. joke. Thank you for. Thank you for your pity, pity snicker. Tonight on Pity Snickers. All right. And we are Pity Snickers. Yeah. All right. This sounds like a great place. It does sound to, like a sketch trip. Yeah, sounds like a good place to, to uh, take a little break. No. Uh, uh, Derek is going to do a tight five minutes uh, alone while everyone else goes to the yep. washroom. Uh, please don't do that. And uh, we'll come back. We'll take some questions from the audience. And uh, we'll all be back for the second half. Thanks, guys. It's ambiance. Ice. <laughs> Comedy Album Book Club is recorded live on the first Thursday of every month at the Social Capital Theatre in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Join us, won't you? We listen to the album at 8.15pm and then we record the panel discussion for the podcast. Tickets are pay what you can with some proceeds going to Covenant House, Canada's largest agency for at-risk, homeless and trafficked youth. For more details, please visit us at ComedyAlbumBookClub.com. We're also on Facebook, Twitter and your favourite podcast app. Feel free to send suggestions for future guests or albums. I'm Jason DeLine. Thanks for listening. That's a good way. That's a good one to come in on. So anyway, the guy with Down syndrome has yeah. AIDS, and we, oh, we're back. Yeah. <laughs> Are we wrong? Oh, that's unfortunate. That was Derek not Forty, something I wanted to say with my mouth. Well, be more careful. <laughs> say it with flowers. Yeah, uh, say it with we flowers. We were just talking about some of the glory days of sketch some of the oh, things we've done back in we back. so were um, and uh it made me think there's a there's some parts that you used to do adam in press release repeat that felt very hicks inspired to me oh um there were a couple oh, of points where um i don't know if it was a character I, I i feel like it was a character you'd come out and i remember one specifically where you sat on the edge of the stage and oh. you sort of philosophized for a yes. bit and the last line of that was Maybe there weren't any, or maybe there weren't any good old days. Yeah, yeah. Whoa, like that. That was at a comedy show. Like that. That was some heavy stuff. Yeah, I I used to take myself very seriously. It was the night. Oh God, uh, we were performing. I love that you remembered it better than I do. Oh, my antiquated gray-haired mind, fellas. I can't remember what gig it was, but I do remember you had allowed me to do it, and it was a bit dark. uh, And I had gone on a leather jacket with sunglasses and my guitar slings. Okay, yes, I do recall uh, that. Strummed a couple of chords in a like pseudo terrible, terrible Dylan imitation, (laughs) and then I'm sure that the words out of my mouth, if Hicks hadn't written them, were like. Uh, let's say homage would be a noble way to right. put what I was doing. Yeah, there. yeah. Well, de- definitely there was some inspiration mm, there. Inspiration like now, sure. like looking back, like I, it's interesting that I have that memory sort of yeah. locked in my head, and I well never done, really sir. saw it until now. But yeah, that was that was probably ten, years, was twelve years ago. Fresher in your mind than mine. Well, you wow. saw many more sketches did. than I did of you too, so it probably muddies. That's together, what's happening. You know? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what's happening. <laughs> oh yeah, this is we a show. Fun. We're still. Uh, 
<laughs> We're still doing this show. Uh, okay, we got some questions from the audience, and okay. hopefully this will be accessible to some of them. Uh, aside from Derek Forgey, who would you say has been inspired by Bill Hicks? Oh, oh gosh. Uh, well, we've got your admissions like Cross. Jim Cross. Um, yep. Let me think of who else right now is. Um, Jen Arden. Um, was Jen Arden? She's I one. I haven't yeah. heard it. But uh, I'll have you seen her HBO you. special? It, it's killer. <laughs> oh, so good. Work meeting. She's a heck of a musician. Yeah. Mm. She opens and closes the show with a song. <laughs> She's a delightful person, by the way. She's a delightful person. Yeah, a bunch yeah. of times. Yeah, I, I had to. I had to bring her dog bowl to her hotel. True story. Really? <laughs> yeah, not had to, but I did because she's lovely. Okay, it's not a great story. It's a short story. Well, Let's it, move on. It wasn't the way you told it. But, uh, oh, I can weave it. a tale, can't no. I? Can I weave a tale? Grandpa, tell us again no, the listen, story listen, about, the listen. about a dog bowl to Jan Arden. Listen, listen I gotta tell you something. Well, you Arden. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Listen, Jan Arden has a fucking dog. <laughs> yeah, uh, Jen Arden for sure. David Cross, yeah. that's it. That's the end of the list. That's, that's everybody. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would say comedy as a whole has definitely been influenced. Yeah, uh, I concur. Just the honesty of it, the uh, the being unafraid of saying unpopular things. Exactly. Um, sort of just saying what we're all thinking as opposed to, yeah. you've never thought about this, but how about this? Uh, yeah. And more... Uh, you know, you know, Seinfeld does that thing where he looks through the lens of hyper focus where, right. you know, we all hold a glass all the time. But if you ever notice it's round on the top. It's crazy. You know, that, but then he'll go <laughs> another he'll rock a... solid impression from Jason. <laughs> <DeLine. laughs> okay. Airtight. He'll go. <laughs> oh, I just. <laughs> I should have. I should have. Jesse Bankley, you didn't get his Michael Red here. It's. I really should have taken a breath. Too soon. That. Too soon. No. Jerry no. Seinfeld. That was soon. spot on. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> that was better. That was that an improvement? <laughs> that, 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 that. that was is my that... impression of what I did. Oh, <laughs> oh I this love it. So it's many levels. Really deep. Yeah. Ten levels down. Jason. So Jason inceptions himself into like that, that impression came from inside. That what house. happens if Jason DeLine <laughs> goes through his own portal? Oh, yeah, chat. speaking of going through your own portal, the... Uh, <laughs> really? This is a family show, Adam. <laughs> no, because you were saying no, about, the, about the Hicks influence, and I know it's not popular right. to bring up Louis right now, right. Louis, uh, Mr. CK, but <clears throat> thematically not influenced by Hicks, material right. not influenced by Hicks, delivery style not influenced by Hicks. Right. Uh, freedom no... to talk about, you know, here's yeah. how I pleasure myself, yes. etc. Yeah. And I know we're going into a dark corner. I'm going to try and veer yeah. left we so sure we don't are. go there. Hard left, but please. but he, like most comics in a post-Hicks world, could address, you know, personal shames and, and right. these yeah. things right. in a way no, that no, most uh, before had not. It probably would have happened sooner or later, I think, just with the, for lack of a better term, maturation of society or maybe yeah, that's definitely not the right word, but just... Being, no, maturation is a good four-syllable like word. Yeah, that's like a that? solid one. That's, okay. you're, well, I, but I, I I'm not ready back. for it as a word, but I will be sometime. <laughs> but I want to take it back because I don't think we've necessarily matured as a society. We've just hmm. gotten to a point where we don't give a shit and we'll just say whatever we <laughs> right, want. Right. Uh, maybe that's not maturing. Maybe it was better than the 30s where we went, oh, I think I can see your ankle. <laughs> Sorry yeah. about that. You know, uh, it was much more gentle. <laughs> Another rock-solid impression from Jason DeLine. Everybody hey, from the 30s. So. Hey, so remember, specific. remember, hey, remember when we know. censored some of our thoughts? You should do it sometime. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair enough. Uh, but yeah, I think, did, I think just the overall, yeah, the freedom, the license to 
say whatever we want, the true yeah. uh, freedom of speech. I mean, yeah, Lenny went through that too, but it didn't get to where he wanted it to be. I think, you know, people were still being persecuted for saying what they thought. And, yeah. you know, now people say, just say what's on their mind and they say, that's comedy. Right. Um, you know, I don't, I think we demand a little better than that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, so yeah, I think it's hard to pinpoint people specifically. We can pick a few of those angles. Oh shit, Carrot Top. Sorry, I forgot yeah, about yeah, uh, right. yeah, Louis yeah, Anderson. No. Okay. <laughs> Louis. Steve Harvey. <laughs> like you see Louis go out. I am so sick of the airport. <laughs> Is that number four? That's four. Yeah, that's no, strong. That's my. That was that was my best one. Louis Anderson. I've been working on yes, a long that's time. That's strong. Like yeah, he's current. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Quality. Cool. So there's our answer for that. There's but, your but there, smart can I, ass answer. Can I ask you guys what you think about this? Because just about him fitting into our timeline now, like with all of his rage, all his vitriol, all of his like, you can feel free, you know, in the inverse of America, you are free to do as we tell you. Right, you are free right, to right. do as we tell you. He was giving his audience, his fans freedom to to express things or to allow him to express things for them. Um, that and, and those were expressed very darkly. But the Internet culture now, because you can go – I like the color blue and someone can go, you should fucking kill yourself immediately with a chainsaw <laughs> right. and hopefully your dog witnesses it and right. is never the same again. Yeah. Oddly that, specific. No, but that level, that <laughs> level of, of rage yeah. that, yeah. that exists yeah, yeah. in most internet conversations wouldn't necessarily allow Bill Hicks to be Bill Hicks today. You're right. Because it would be passe almost. Yeah. It wouldn't be yeah. special. Because well, we everyone is an angry warrior poet in their own right. mind now in a way that just – But he was yeah. more anti-establishment than that. He wasn't sure. He wasn't picking on people for liking the color green. He was – you know, he was the – he felt it felt to me like he was against the man. Yes. Punching yeah. up. He was yeah. trying to punch up for yeah. sure. We were talking about Rickles too. Like Rickles would never, would never have a career today. Like, yeah. oh my oh, God, right. Don Rickles, yeah. are you kidding me? Like, Especially, yeah. You go at, listen to Hey Dummy and watch every oh, like, and the, the the beauty of Hey Dummy as an album is that everybody, it's, there's this weird sort of like racism equality. Does that make any sense? Like he's, he's equally he, racist he's to everybody. Equally to uh, every single person yeah. in the room. He has a whole pile of Jew jokes, and then he goes yeah. to the Chinese guy. All based on the worst the stereotypes. He goes to every stereotype equally. Nobody, everybody gets equal time, which yeah. is this weird sort of beautiful but awful racist but he, yeah it's, it's a weird way to apologize a, for you know what I mean? what's happening and then yeah. at the end he wraps it all up with this beautiful like hey we're all just people let's just fucking have a laugh well, at yeah. ourselves it's so bizarre it's it's but it's, he's never he's never self-deprecating though and i mm. think it, mm, if, for yeah. him to have the career now he would have to do that he would he, have to be one of the people he's taking down. he does that once in a while every once in a while he'll sneak one in and like he'll he'll be like ah oh, what are you talking about it's me i'm, I'm short too and i'm like he'll he'll yeah, relate right. to them right. but you're right it is mostly crowd work of like oh there's yeah. there's there's uh, there's oh there's the queer guy like he just will go right. and that's like wow really that yeah. would never land today and I but, think yeah. people then when they went to a Rickle show they knew that could happen yeah them. if you're sitting in the first three rows I mean you're hoping that's it was a happen, badge of right? honor yeah. it was like ah he yeah. called me a- but it's weird to say you know it was a product of its time it was okay then but it wouldn't fly now but it, it, yeah it, it had it was not mean spirited no and i don't know if that necessarily makes it okay to say the things I don't know he either. said i don't know but you know he's known as mr what is it mr not mr friendly mr wonderful mr uh oh god uh, yeah, Mr. yeah, Mr. Wonderful, I Mr. Think. Wonderful, he's right? Like the, oh, we're gonna get raked guy. over the coals for this yeah. one, but he, yeah, people say he's the nicest, <laughs> the nicest one of the nicest people in showbiz. Yeah, yep. but uh, and, and very nice racist. <laughs> yeah. He's a lovely, <laughs> nice racist. racist. Get a pass. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, no, I'm, no easy way out of that. I'm not. No, I'm not making <laughs> a you nice racist. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> <The> good kind. <laughs> so, okay, so this question, this is a, a good question. It's 
what is this Letterman thing all about? Oh, what is Letterman thing all about? Yeah, his uh, so Bill Hicks did this set on Letterman and uh, big deal, big deal, for big him. deal. But yeah, it was, it was his uh, first one, and it was his, it was supposed to be his network television debut. It was like yeah. this is like him. Oh, here he is. He's arrived, yeah. and then. Uh, 92? I want to say Yeah. So it was decided between him taping it and it airing that it wasn't going to, that they weren't going to air it. They were, they were just right. going to play the set. Yeah. And th- even though his set had been vetted, they saw it. He didn't change it up. He didn't like th- throw a curveball at them and go, yeah. oh, I'm going to sneak this in. Nope. Saw it. And then they just, and, and it was devastating to him. And he was sure. really upset. And it, it just uh, it amplified his, well, see, I told you, network TV, they're fuckers. And he just right. was so angry and, uh, and everything else. And then uh, I guess it was about 20 years later, Dave Letterman brings, 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 Bill, network, yeah. brings uh, Bill Hicks's mom on. Oh, right. And, right, right. and apologizes and said, you know what? I made the wrong call. I was, yeah. I was nervous and I, I didn't that. think it was appropriate for TV. And I don't know why I thought that, but uh, let's play it now. And this was after he had died. And uh, his mom, what she could tell she had a little, a little stank on her. Like right. she was still a little mad at Dave 20 yeah. years later, which right. I get, yeah. but she also was very uh, cordial and, and understanding. And Dave couldn't have been more, uh, more understanding and more um, yeah. like he took all the weight on himself, which I don't think it was entirely him. I think, sure, no. I, th- I think that was, he, uh, yeah, the network. Like, I think no it was more of a network than him. Like, on. I think it was, I, th- I think it was much less him than he let on and they played it and it was great. And uh, I heard afterwards that it was, uh, it was because of, uh, it was a religious thing. It was because he talked about religion and, uh, wow. and everything else. And that was the line where he meant he, he set those people up in the audience of like, I think, uh, oh, I think yeah, to right. having two dads is disgusting and evil. And then those people applauded and he was like, yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. gonna embarrass you now. Wow. So uh but it's a great set and uh and it, it the only thing that's a little off about it is that because he's so rushed because he has like a solid seven minutes, it's he, he doesn't take those nice like setup pauses of getting to it and then ramping up. Right. He has to, he's a little rushed. So but it aside seems from that, not quite him, it, it's I not guess. quite. It's just a little like mm, it just it stalls yeah. a bit, but it's still a strong set. And they played it again, and Dave's like, oh, "I've done a damn thing wrong with that. I don't know what I was wow. thinking." Cool. But it was one of the. I think it was the only time that's ever, that I know of that's ever happened on Letterman. That anyone's uh, that retroactively any, uncensored someone from. The oh program. yeah. Well, not only that, but just huh. that that it didn't air. Right. Like that a set came on that was vetted twice, mm-hmm. yeah. and then they're like, "Nope." Well, there was another. I think uh, after Letterman switched networks, they were going to have him on again. Yeah, uh, but I uh, I don't even know if he went on that time because uh, I think it was NBC at the time had a policy that you could not tell jokes about the handicap. Yes, and he had a, a long bit where he mentioned the word wheelchair many times. And he said wheelchair could not, could not do it without it. And they were like they were like no uh, wheelchairs. Yeah, so I don't <laughs> yeah. I don't know what the outcome was from that. Uh, but I mean that didn't, it didn't air whether he performed it or not. I'm not sure, but. Yeah, uh, I imagine you can get that on YouTube. You sure can. Yeah, uh, you can Google. Yeah. yeah, Google that YouTube. That it's good. It's it, the whole thing is really good. Like his, his conversation with his mom is really good. The interview is nice. Uh, you can see her kind of like she's sitting there, like she's I'm still I'm still upset at you, but I'm yeah. going to be civil and we're going to talk about this. That's and this, cool. This is for my son, and it's nice. It's a nice it interview. Nice. It wraps up nicely. They play the set, and she can see her kind of smile, and it's yeah. it's it's a good That's watch. Cool. The whole thing. I recommend the whole thing. Okay, and yeah. uh, you know people have theorized too that uh, as you said, I mean that pissed him off, and he said like you see network television, they're the enemy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, I think it bled into his subsequent albums too, like just mm-hmm. that rage machine, the bitterness. I, I feel yeah. like really sunk in a little more, which is why he was never going to be on Sister Sister. <laughs> <laughs> the, the shows you choose to- today, I, I, he and Caroline Rea would have a. <laughs> I, I'm going true to era. That's all. 
<laughs> oh, well, it's pretty That would have been 90s. Very fair. Yeah. Anyway, yes. uh, I would have gone with My Two Dads. But, uh... <laughs> oh, my God, My Two Dads. There's yeah. a sitcom that yeah. would have a different tone today. Yeah. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were both straight, right? <laughs> they were both straight, yeah. and they were like, oh. Just think about this for a second. There was a time, and just think about this, there was a time when it was a deep well of comedy, the concept of a father raising a child was hilarious. Yeah. Think about that. My Two Dads, Three Men and a Baby. It was like, can you imagine a man trying to be a dad and raise a kid? Well, to Hilarious. Be, to be I'm fair, already. To be fair, in one of those scenarios, one of the men is Paul Reiser. Fair. Yeah. And in the other scenario, one of the men is Steve Gutenberg. So <laughs> what's not funny? All right, right. I take back everything I said. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, more questions. Uh, yeah. Given the arc of Hicks's material that draws both from progressive ideals and InfoWars style conspiracy fears, <laughs> where do you mm. think he'd be now? Or does it say break oh. like Dennis Miller and Victoria Jackson? Oh, would he could would he break like Dennis Miller and Victoria Jackson, <laughs> or double down like Lewis Black and Mark Maron? So is there a danger oh. of him flipping? Oh. To Interesting. The right I would point? really like to hope that Joe Rogan wouldn't be trying to keep a straight face while giving a hand job to him right after he got off the Alex Jones show. <laughs> mm. I would like oh to God. think that. I would like to Info think that he wars. would not be. In the company of Alex Jones, I'm going to choose for the rest of my life to believe he would not be, you know, no matter what. But you know what, you've just you go ahead. Sorry, but at the time that he was, uh, you know, with the the Oswald thing, at the time mm -hmm. that he was saying, "Look at this network of manipulation that you are subject to," none of it turned out to be crazy, crazy, right? There's right. crazy hmm. in there, yeah, but but not tinfoil hat crazy, right? <laughs> right. Not, and, they smell like sulfur. None of that. And, and the but, but then you then <laughs> you Alex have Jones, to ask by the way. yourself honestly, did he have some small part in opening up the tinfoil hat side of things? Oh, I oh God, I didn't even not. think of that. Um, I I I would uh. love to hear a set from him right now while while people yeah. are actively going. Oh, I decide what's true. When you go, no, here's here's the actual information. It's right yeah, in front yeah. of you. You possess it. The the accumulated knowledge of those whose sole task is to determine the answer to these questions through yeah. human history right. is right in front of you to go, I choose this to be true instead. Yeah. That's well, how yeah. I want to live. Going back to Doug Stanhope, who I think picks up where, where uh, in a lot of places where D uh, Bill Hicks left off, mm. uh, he talks about, he has this whole bit about what if he was out of shit? People always talk about, oh, what a tragedy that Jimi Hendrix died at 27 and, and uh, Kurt Cobain. And like, hey, you don't know if it's a tragedy. What if he yeah. was out of shit? Maybe they you know, people say, well, oh man, Bill Hicks was only 32. And then Doug Stanhope says, what if he was out of shit? Like, he had no, no, more, no more songs to write, no more jokes to write. What if he just peaked? Yeah. Uh, what if it was two albums and that was it? I mean, you, you never like to uh, champion the idea. No. No, of course, life that's not what's short. happening right here. But, that's not uh, what's happening. But, but yeah, it's so nice. kill everyone young. Derek Forgey, he said it here. Oh. <laughs> Tonight on Out of Context. Oh my God! No, I'm just once saying. you've got three minutes of applause in your life, <laughs> you will never top that. That is check out. Wow, that is nowhere near what I was thinking. You should, tape, you should carry a little tape recorder. One around. standing O <laughs> equals eternal lying down. There you go. It's all. You're up, you're down. Oh, man, well crafted. Oh, and the curtain mercy. falls. It's yes. a great. No, yeah, what? And what if right. Bill Hicks was out of shit? I don't know. Well, I mean, we'd I have to watch him uh, decline. He turned. He probably turned into um, D D D Andrew Dice Clay. <laughs> oh, there. Yeah, there's yeah. a. There's a. Yeah, Dice. Right. I don't know. It depends how Dickery, much Dickery Duck. of that. Uh, persona he wants to stick he would want to stick to right mm. like I, you know maybe he'd be the guy who like well 
shit, I was wrong. Yeah, but what would he have done during those years when, like, an intelligent, literate Harvard graduate was running the United States of America? Like, what would he... he well, go, yeah, he mm, doesn't have that. Trust me, things are going to get fucking bad again. Like, yeah. Well, yeah. well, I mean, you could say yeah. that they're the elite, I guess, too, the educated right. person. And, right. of course, they rose to power because of blah, 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 right. blah. But, mm. uh, you know, there's always a way to attack uh, mm. whoever's in power. Yeah, that's true. Um, that's true. And maybe that would be his bag. But, yeah, I don't know. Maybe he would evolve and change and, uh, and not be mad at the things he used to be mad at. I mean, 32 is pretty young. You know, you're mad at a lot of stuff you're not mad at and 10 years after that. Yeah, it's true. Right? Hard to put a social context on that. Like, I know I know for our our now, our guys who are us guys now, we, we stayed teenage for a long time, right? Yeah. Like, we were adolescent a lot longer than we had any right to be. For sure. So yeah. in the context of, let's say, the late 80s, early 90s, like, how... How old or young was 32 then? You know what I mean? Right. Like, what, well, was he just right. a kid out of his 20s then? Or did that mean something else to be that right. age? Was he, he had he has, become uh, his man? He has the gravitas to me of someone much older. Yeah. But the yeah, exactly. I was someone, yeah, I was surprised yeah, when I heard he died at 32. I was like, wow, that's, yeah, that is young. It does not seem like any 32-year-old I've ever met. Yeah, you're right. Uh, but maybe, let's see, that's interesting. The way he speaks seems more mature than what he's saying to me. Right. Right. Uh, no, and you're I think right. he gets a lot of, you know, he can go further and, and get away with more because of that. He's so articulate and, and so confident in what he's saying yeah. that uh, in a in a, a less confident vessel, it, yeah. we wouldn't buy it. You're right. And he even defends yeah. a pun. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he just belligerently yeah. is like, ah, fuck you guys. That's a good pun. Like, he's just like, I don't care. Yeah. Like, and he, he says without a trace of doubt, that is the best pun you will ever yeah, hear. Yeah, it's and, the best pun you'll ever uh, hear. And, he's right. Okay. And then, yeah. and then you think about it later, and it's not. But, it's not. Uh, but, who, but I believe it. But you it believe now. it. Yeah, yeah. Because of the way he, he, mm-hmm. he said that. That yeah. confidence goes so far. Well, and that confidence, I would agree with you, is better when he was not raging. Like, it, the confidence is better that the, hey, man, we don't like what you said. Hey, man, we're Christians. We don't like you. He said, yeah, so forgive me. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like that's that's, yeah, that's such a good yeah. joke. That's, that is a really good and, joke. And powerful his, without the his screaming. His presence yeah. in it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. yeah that's Maybe a good he joke. would have done more of that. Maybe there would have been more presence, more stillness over time. Yeah. We'll never get to know. If I'm, he almost has a uh, Leonard Cohen quality in that Leonard Cohen is considered to be a, one of the greatest songwriters ever. Have you seen his Patreon special? I have Fantastic. not. Fantastic. Uh, Jan Arden <laughs> opens, killer, front to back. <laughs> In that he he doesn't have excessive words, and Leonard Cohen just gets to the meat of the matter very He's quickly. A word dearth. And he has a dearth of words. It's a word dearth. It got said word dearth. <laughs> we were hoping that's, that's, that's we'd somehow we find a way to muscle in word dearth. Word dearth. And I the want prize... the full Pee Wee Herman reaction right now. <laughs> <laughs> the <words of> <laughs> I want to chat and scream. There. there it is. The lights flickered for the people listening at home. Uh, that's number five, by the way. Five impressions from Jason DeLine. A laugh from Pee Wee Herman. One uh, but he is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's condensed. He gets a lot said in a short period of time, like the joke you mentioned with the right, forgive so. me. That is Chris. That is two. That is a two-syllable punchline. Perfect. Three-syllable punchline. Sorry. Yeah. I, I had a bit to drink. <laughs> Oh, is that, is that it? All right. That's it. <laughs> That's it. I was waiting for it to start, and it was already over. We'll be right uh, yeah, there, yeah. Um, but uh, opposite to that was that bit where he did the thing about um, the uh, being um, Jack Palance and Shane. Oh, oh so God. Bad. I love the bit, yes. but it doesn't need to be as long as it is because it's only one little joke. Oh, but I uh, it, yeah, oh, I you, you really I need, it needs the timing. It needs it yeah. needs the pacing. It I needs guess the, maybe yeah. I feel like I've heard that <laughs> since. Uh, and it's yeah. it's more dense, hmm. uh, and yeah, he, I, I guess I mean it, it is it is the whole thing is only one 
one joke. I but, can never uh, figure out why. I never for the life of me know why some jokes you want to just hit you like a waterfall or a shower and others you want to take a bath in. But I love taking a bath in that Jack Palance <laughs> joke, man. Yeah. I I want to sit in that longer. I want two more. I don't know, man. Pick up the gun. I want more. Like Me too. I, yeah. I, yeah, I, really I, I feel like that is is setting up a longer conversation that doesn't happen. I want to hear more right. about that. I also agree. Okay. With. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I like the bit, but I feel like now it would that would be the first act of a three act joke. If okay. that makes sense, you know. We nope. We talk about. <laughs> well, <laughs> I just did the improv block for fun. <laughs> just that was just for me. Just for fun. Why not? Nope. No. <laughs> no and. Hey, no Dad, and, how's no. the flowers coming? No I'm not your dad. I'm here at a bowling alley. What? <laughs> <laughs> it's an improv block, everybody. This is already a nerdy comedy show. I'm doing this. I'm making yeah. improv jokes. Let's move on. Yes. <laughs> no. Uh, no, we're not moving on. Okay, th- this, uh, <laughs> this person has been kind enough to preface the question with what type of question it is. General question. Oh shit! I only rank that, private, dude. That had, yeah. a gar- that had a garnish of dickishness. <laughs> well, I, I don't. A soup I mean, song. There's no way for that to be helpful. I mean, if it was, uh, if it was, and yet specific question about racism. Then we go, okay, <laughs> okay. Let's take a breath. We know what we're in for. But general question, like that's just wow. gonna panic us, really. I'll take potpourri uh, for five hundred. <laughs> I guess if I were a good host, I just would have chosen not to read that part and throw you guys off. But I you're not, so let's move on. But in general, you're specific, <laughs> sir. <laughs> Maybe I'd do better if my show was only 10 minutes long. Sorry, pal. Three friends, everybody. Three friends. (laughs) Am I right? Oh, hmm. We have fun. Oh, I love you guys so much. Well, it was only work because we're not gay in a 90s sitcom. This is is, is, uh, uh, three ice cubes away from a threesome. (laughs) (laughs) They don't know how warm it is in here, or you just have a real weird ice cube thing. I'm not sure which way. Yeah, like, either way, I fully endorse How many ice cubes are in you right now? Oh, man. Don't answer that. Uh, we have a question? The, here's the question about the general. Um, <laughs> is there an art form that ages as quickly as stand-up comedy? No. That's it. <laughs> that's the main problem. And on a high note, I always say, that's really? our show. Uh, that's a very good question. It uh, is yeah, a good and question. It's, it's, I think where we're getting at, maybe I don't want to take liberties with the writer of the question, but I think some of the stuff is dated, like some of the, oh, uh, some of the stuff in the album. Like we were, actually, we were talking about this. The, uh, the L.A. Riot stuff yep. feels a little dated at times. Yeah. Um, would have been so, filtered yeah. differently if written today. Yeah, sure. that's true. It would have been mm-hmm. different. So some of the stuff is a little, a little, uh, a little dated. Like some of the names were like, I don't remember that guy from 1991. Uh, right. So yeah, but some of it does. Well, yeah, that Bush the elephant thing. I mean, oh. if you don't know who that is, well, right. Yeah. And now we're back in. Republican we're in the same thing. And you're, you're, well, so you're yeah, listening to the victorious it, uh, arms raised, sad. praise of the sun, and you're like, no right. man, it's you hard to need more. Let us feel that at yeah, all. That's yeah, where we are now. yeah, it's tough. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, I think the music ages this thing. Even though he's the only one oh, really? who did this, it just feels. Dude, it's like three uncles in a in a in a basement. It's that just, isn't it's, selling me it's on a it. High, it's I don't high. want that. I don't want three <laughs> okay. uncles no, in a, a basement. It's a hi hat and a drum and a fucking guitar. I, I love that you guys have done three men and a baby and three uncles in a basement. I'm just waiting <laughs> for what the next three and uh is. Could someone give me? No, a... how can three Ooh, uncles in a basement age? It's like it's timeless. Three uncles like, in a basement is any fucking okay, decade. But see, you can say like three uncles in a basement is it has a very nostalgic <laughs> feel for you, right? Yeah, you had a very specific upbringing. 
upbringing. But if, but if three uncles, uncles in a basement <laughs> has a very current feeling for you, you're probably like, man, I got to make this into a nostalgic feeling stat. <laughs> yeah. Because no. odds are these days, one of those uncles you don't want to no, be in a basement look, with. Flock of Seagulls <laughs> is aged. Like if it had a, if it had a synth in it, we'd feel like, yeah, this is this right. is definitely, you know what I mean? Like, But if, a Flock if, of Seagulls had yeah. uh, brothers or sisters with no. children and they performed in a basement exclusively, <laughs> no. it would not age. <laughs> no, it, it, like a Flock of Seagulls doesn't age well, but like a, just like a, a, a ride symbol and a guitar noodling is not going to feel like any decade. No, am I wrong? I'm alone. I'm alone on this. I'm out on a freaking ice. No, so you know what? I'm the I only agree one. with you. I think in any time in history, <laughs> there are uncles playing bad music in yeah. basement. Okay, <laughs> then we agree on that. <laughs> Give three of them a baby, and we're two thirds of the way to the master. Joke. So, so all I'm saying is, I don't want bad music on comedy albums. <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm not saying it's great music. It's scoring an album that's good. Like it's scoring a good comedy album. I don't. I don't think stand up comedy should be scored. I think that's really my problem with it. I think, I, right. like Adam was saying, you're not hearing the breathing and, and yeah. picturing the movements, and you're not hearing as much of the audience except for that one crazy cackler. <laughs> Um, er, yes, who, who he clearly brought. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I like the rawness of just, I mean, I applaud anyone for trying something different, but yes. it, it doesn't work. That's all I'm doing. Yeah, well, that's yeah. all. We're not. We're not. We we we're failing we're in new and exciting ways. That's we're Derek agreeing. <laughs> yes, we're agreeing to disagree. Clearly, which I, is, which I don't I'm agree fine with that. I don't agree yeah. with that. I think stand up can age badly. I don't think it, it ages nearly as badly as parody television. I think. Oh. I think uh. parody television. Um, like even if you have talented friends on the delightfully wonderful This Hour Has Twenty Two Minutes or any of those type sure. of programs, mm-hmm. you still find yourself going, "How can this be viewable X years from now?" When yeah. Yeah. names play, but it's not built for that either. That's right. I mean, what did John uh, Crutchay know, say? I don't remember. Any, anything yeah. that is aired five days a week, I think, is SNL can be really. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it's you know all of it is such a, a moment in time. Um, I mean, yeah, to me, stand up, especially a special, is different. Like, uh, of course, that is a moment of time too. But uh, the best stuff is the timeless stuff. I mean, yeah. we are one of our first albums we listened to was Bob Newhart. Oh, and uh, yeah. there's a little bit of stuff that dates it. But I mean, there's a driving instructor thing that is just it's fantastic from beginning to end. And uh, none of it is about I mean, the only thing you could say is a product of its time is there's sort of a joke that the reason the driver is bad is that it's a woman driver. And that's one line right at the beginning. So it's it, timeless because <laughs> still. Well, yeah, but any of those thank you, of women. Thank you for getting a laugh there. Any of those one sided phone I calls that Newhart did, that's, that's going to live forever. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Carol Burnett's show, even when they took mm. something that was hyper contemporary or hyper specific, we'll say, not contemporary, but mm-hmm. like the Gone with the Wind bit. If you right. haven't seen Gone with the Wind and you don't know shit about Scarlett yeah. O'Hara or any of it, that stuff is hilarious. Mm. Sure. It's just hilarious to watch and to do. And Oswald, right? He, by the way, I really enjoyed the cast on Oswald, but, but Oswald, even if he's talking about stuff that's hyper specific to the nerd community, um, he, there's still such a universality in the tale being told yes. that even if the yeah. data itself becomes irrelevant, you're like, I'm with you, man. This story is taking me where I need to yeah. go. Yeah, it's like the opposite of Dennis Miller, where yes. you have to right. you have to have his exact level of education and reference level to understand all of his jokes, and that's yeah. no fun for most people. Yeah. Uh, the people who get it, they're like, oh, yeah, they, it's, yeah, it's fantastic. It's just fa- for me. But. I think my favorite Dennis Miller punchline is just him going, Lithgow and Garp. 
<laughs> like just like you have to like the, the Venn diagram on that. Did I say yeah. is a Venn diagram, yeah. not a Venn diagram. Yeah. Venn diagram. Okay, thank you. Trust yourself, man. <laughs> yeah, Venn diagram. Yeah, like just Lithgow and Garp. I'm like, and I'm laughing when then right. nobody else. Does. You have to know that he's saying John Lithgow, yes. and he also you also have to know that he's saying World According to Garp, but he just cuts all that out and gets yeah. right to the wow. <laughs> Thanks, mister. Yeah. <laughs> There's a great bit on Saturday Night Live where uh, there, uh, Dana Carvey was, uh, did an impression of Dennis Miller. Oh, was it so dueling Dennis Miller's? Bounce. Yeah. And they did it together, and, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's and, a good uh, bit. It was pretty good. Yeah, that's a good but, bit. But uh, that is a guy who has turned into a different person or Man. cloaked himself very well. And for you know what? Time. He had such a good bullshit detector. Like, I feel like Dennis Miller is also a bit influenced by Bill Hicks because of the fact that he is mm. such a, he was such so good at pointing out, pointing out hypocrisies and stuff. And then just, I don't know what happened. The wheels fell off 9/11, the fucking rail yeah. and nine yeah. yeah. 11. And he just was like, no, like, and I was, right turn. I was looking forward to his social commentary on everything, especially the Bush administration because of yeah. the hypocrisy. And he just, I was like, what happened to you, man? Like you would say, you were so good on both ends of the spectrum, left and right. Yeah. He was so good at saying, this is it. This is fucking ridiculous am i right like and he also had a bit of that bravado too like he he he, did, he had a michael jackson entrance once that the black black and white uh hbo special uh-huh. he came out of the floor like he had a he had oh, hydraulics wow. hydraulic came out of the floor he was in a michael jackson pose he had like uh, lights and everything else and he came out and then but he still delivered the goods yeah. he still had a strong How tight he fail to remember tidy. That? it was so good that. and then i don't know what happened like it just hmm. he just fell off the logic train yeah you know there's a great bit because uh, he uh, he tweeted that he was going to um, uh, what's the name of the woman? Sorry, who just did the uh, Michelle Wolf did the correspondence? Uh, I'm afraid uh, where this is going. He tweeted that he was going to write some jokes making yes. fun of her, yes. but then the Samantha B show Full Frontal mm. did it on his behalf, and so they wrote all these jokes about her that had all these crazy high level references, but. But oh, like but that triple great. down what he would that actually do. So good. Yeah, look it up, folks. It's so funny. <laughs> yeah, I'm just trying to. I was just trying to think of one. I did. I got nothing. Yeah, I know. Anytime you mention him, so you want to do that. I always want to do that freaking. It has to be crap. I always want to do that. Yeah, if I had a dime for every time. Cha cha cha. That's all I got. That's all I can do. He's blower than a bleating a dude, just like blow back in the hmm. Now, last last time I saw something like blubbery blue, it was all the way and dump it down Antietam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Last time that guy said something, I was all in a. Am I right? Yep. That's Sartre for you. Lithgow and Garp. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's basically a Mad Lib comedian. He yeah, just, he is. Uh, just, uh, that's ex- oh, that's, that's exactly what Dennis Miller is. Uh, yeah. I enjoyed him for a great deal. A long period of time, I enjoyed him a lot. Yeah. And, it was like, and he lost his bullshit detector, and I got <laughs> I upset. see if he could do that. Dennis. <laughs> the last... <laughs> All right, Chachi. The last time I saw a turnip this angry with its very suspicious paintbrush, I was no. I was just seeing it for the Mad Lib. <laughs> oh would, damn it! You would fill in. The, I couldn't get there. So close. Get, but so. you have to choose the words from like yeah. a, a medical dictionary yeah. or, or a, a quote book, the yeah, Oscar Wilde true. quote book, or something like that. That's okay. right. You have to have a certain pile of books that you can. You're not wrong. Times for sure. References. All right, guys. Well, this has been a lot of fun. It has been. Thanks so much. Uh, for the most part. We'll cut out the non-fun part. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be mostly me and you, Adam. Oh, oh shit. Yeah, you got to give it Take it some time off to inflict violence and suffering on the I, ladies. I wish, I wish uh, we had a disco whistle on the... on the, the Whatever that thing's called. Whenever you, what is Whenever one of us... When, is it a disco whistle or am I just 89? Like, am I... No one calls it a disco this, whistle. <laughs> anybody got on that? I'm Air horn? Air horn. Disco whistle. 
Isn't that what you call your penis, uh, Derek? Yeah, that's what I. You want to yeah, see I my disco seen, whistle? I haven't seen a disco whistle like that since Chappity oh. Cha Cha Cha, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I did my five, and then he asked if I oh, wanted to see his disco my. whistle. I have a lot of euphemisms. Ted Kennedy in the Rainbow Room, am I right? With uh, Socrates. Uh, if I had a Ted oh. Kennedy for every time that Lithgow did a puppy bow, I'd be all kind of. Wrap this up, please. Yeah, we get it. Okay, guys, that's our show. Thanks so much to Derek Forge, who you can find at the 10 Minute Talk Show. Look that up at 10minutetalkshow.tv. 10minutetalkshow.tv. Well, because they might think it's T-E-N. It's a website, man. People spell words. Stick the landing to line. (laughs) Okay, you need to buy both. And women can drive. (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) So wait. Really good drivers. Noted misogynist. Wait, mean that. The the swear word came after the statement, women can drive. (laughs) So you hate that women can drive. No, No, You're not not getting out of this. We know who you are. Uh, oh, fuck, I blew it. Okay. If you're going to hate things right now, you got to put some really shitty music in between your hands. That's right, that's right. It'll, oh, this is actually Three mellower uncles in a basement. than I thought it was. Three uncles in a basement. Hit it. Uh, <laughs> uh, last time I saw three... Uh, anyway. Uh, so uh, by the time this podcast airs, Derek Forgey will have bought the domain TV. Uh, so I can, I, just say, I can just say 10minutetalkshow.tv uh, for uh, at least 10 minutes of fun. Uh, and Adam, Kenneth Wilson, you can find at... At Adam K. Wilson on Twitter uh, for, I don't know, what do you write on there? Jokes there's, and there's observations? Some, I, there may be some. Uh, there will be now, actually. <laughs> okay. I, I actually, actually, watch Adam tonight, observe things. Tonight's visit is such I don't hate comedy anymore. So I'm going <laughs> to oh, go out there and. Yay! So, oh, if we can reach and save you one know, soul. Wait, wait, wait. Three friends in a place where comedy is rediscovered. You get three uncles in a basement, Are three men and a baby. Uh, I am an uncle. I'm an uncle. Oh, you also an I'm uncle? not one. Two uncle. uncles and a ginger. There's Two our show. And a ginger. Anyway, three guys who had a great time hanging out. Then, right? Yeah, Very good. Ryan Reynolds vehicle. Uh, and Adam, you can find uh, he uh, has a role in Shadowhunters, which is airing on Netflix. So uh, look for him there. Very excited. Catch him as the salt, the sultry malt shop owner on Sister Sister. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> Wait, am I in that? Shit. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. It was supposed to be Bill Hicks, but yep. uh, he blew the audition. Got it. Uh, and you can find me at Jason DeLine on Twitter or JasonDeLine.com for, I don't know, whatever you think you might need me for. Uh, Comedy Bo- Album Book Club is available on all your favorite podcast apps, and you can follow us on Facebook and on Twitter at CABC Podcast, where you can uh, get news about what we're up to, including bonus interviews, uh, like my one-on-one with Patton Oswalt, which we were talking about. Uh, that's available now. Yeah. And uh, feel free to offer album and guest suggestions. Let us know if you're interested in being a guest on our panel. We might say no, but we'd like to know if you're interested uh, we record the show live at uh, Toronto Social Capital Theatre on the first Thursday of every month. Proceeds always go to Covenant House, Canada's largest agency for at-risk and homeless youth. So please put money in the can uh, by the door on your way out. Uh, next month, we'll be back on June 7th when my guest will be my pal and yours, Ian McIntyre. We're going to be chatting about Eddie Izzard's album, Force Majeure. Until then, I am your host, Jason Beline. Thanks for listening to Comedy Album Book Club. Boys, this crease is not going to start itself. <laughs> Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. 
every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? Where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.